Lesson from the Book of Revelation Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And I heard a loud voice in heaven, saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of David named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and considered in her mind what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Saving Words of the Gospel Today we celebrate a feast in honor of the apparitions of Our Lady at Lourdes in France. Now sometimes <clears throat> the Church will celebrate a local event as a liturgical feast in order to underscore some teaching. And this is the case, for example, with the Feast of the Exaltation of the Cross or the apparition of St. Michael. Well, today we celebrate Our Lady's apparition in Lourdes, especially to underscore the doctrine of the Immaculate Conception. And this is one of the things that the miracles that also uh, were performed at, uh, at Lourdes will support. The miracles support Mary's message, which is that as she told St. Bernadette, she is the Immaculate Conception. Now, Mary appeared to a poor pious girl at a grotto near the river that flows past Lourdes. And she was young. Uh, the one who appeared was young and in a white gown. Uh, she had a blue sash and a white mantle and golden roses were at her feet. And today uh, marks her first apparition in 1858. It happened on the 11th of February. And she prayed the rosary with Bernadette. And over the number of her apparitions, uh, Bernadette, she told Bernadette to tell the authorities to build a church there. And finally, she told uh, Bernadette that she was the Immaculate Conception, which was a dogma that had been defined by Pope Pius IX just a couple of years before. And which is, you know, uh, there's no way that this young peasant girl could have could have known about this. And a number of miracles uh, grew there, especially in association with a, a spring of water that emerged where Mary told Bernadette to dig. And um, this is a very, very dramatic scene in the movie uh, Song of Bernadette, which I think we could do well to watch tonight. Um, in any event, uh, all of these elements underscore the and confirm Mary's identity as Mother of God, who was maintained free from any state of sin, either original or personal, from the moment of her conception onward. And this is one of the four great Marian dogmas that all Catholics are bound to accept and believe. 
together with Mary's divine motherhood, which was defined at Ephesus, the Council of Ephesus in 431, and her perpetual virginity, which was defined at the Lateran Council in 649, and the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which was defined by Pius XII in 1950. And there are those who talk about a fifth Marian dogma, about Mary as being co-redemptrix, mediatrix, which, if not properly understood, doesn't sound very good, really, because um, we know about the, the famous phrase from First Timothy, um, that there is one Redeemer of mankind, the man Jesus Christ. He is the only Redeemer, and so she is not she is not Redeemer and Mediator, you know, Redemptrix in that sense, uh, like Christ, but rather, if we understand this properly, she participated with her son in his saving work with such unity and free cooperation of heart and mind and will and maternal body that she shares a privileged way in uh, in a privileged way she shares in the redeeming work of the Savior and so she is also um, as St. Bernard uh, called her and I believe the, the Second Vatican Council also in the in the chapter on Mary in Lumen Gentium um, she is described as a mediatrix of graces. Um, St. Bernard said, It is the will of God that we obtain all favors through Mary. And so she is also, along with being mediatrix and someone who cooperated in our redemption in such a free, um, giving, a, a total way, she is also our advocate before God as queen and mother. Now we have in the in the readings today we have this reading from the the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation, and it does it could tell us something about Mary's identity, both as the, an image of the church, um, and uh, also something you know one of the things that we notice in that um, in that vision is that the first thing that he, that John sees is the Ark of the Covenant, and this is one of the titles of Mary in her litany. And you think about how the Ark of the Covenant contained the Word of God uh, in the tablets and contained the manna that descended from heaven and then later on when placed in the temple within the Holy of Holies it was also where it was also called the mercy seat where the Shekinah where the presence of God uh, rested when it was in the temple and so in the sense Mary is is the Ark um, that uh, that bore that uh, that the people bore with them in the wilderness, and so in a vision of the new Jerusalem and a new temple, what are we going to have? We're going to have a place in the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant. So we uh, we see in 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 Revelation 12 that the woman uh, clothed in the sun is wearing a crown, which of course reveals that she's a queen. But how is she a queen? She's a queen, not in like the conventional sense. Like for example, just recently we had we had uh, uh, the 70th anniversary of the accession to the throne of Elizabeth II in England. Well, she inherited that throne through her father. Um, there are those who are who are the wives of queens, 
uh, they're wives of kings who are also called queens. But this is a, this is queen in a different way. This is a queen in the Jewish way of being queen. In in the Davidic line, um, and Christ of course is of the Davidic line. It was the mother of the queen, not the wife, who really held the power and the sway. She was the one who would sit by the, the king and advocate for people. And so we have also that crown um, showing uh, with 12 stars in it, showing that she is uh, representing, of course, the, the 12 tribes of Israel and the, the 12 apostles. So she is queen of heaven, along with being uh, Mediatrix, and along with being the Immaculate Conception, and along with being the Ark, and all these different titles that we have for her in her beautiful litany. She's queen of heaven, which makes her queen of the whole cosmos. She's queen over all things, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. She's queen over all things. She is the mother of the king of the universe, and therefore she, as mother, is queen of the universe. And therefore she's also, as mother of God and mother of Christ, she's also mother of the church, and therefore also our mother. And as such a great advocate, we can turn to Mary at all times and ask her for her mediation. But her son will not deny her things. And so let us go take our petitions, our personal petitions, uh, for our, ourselves individually in our lives, as well as those for our loved ones, and as well as those for the church and, the, and society at large. Let's always have recourse to Mary, who has recourse to her son.